Hello, listeners. Wagwan. In other words, what's going on? How are things? How things? I am Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America, and I'm a nurturer of minds and hearts. The information that I'm about to share today may be surprising to some of you, and hopefully informative for all of you. As we approach the end of February, which is designated as Black History Month, I thought I would share my personal experience. Since I live in the United States, I see the achievements and history of African Americans being highlighted and celebrated throughout the month. While I have been inspired by these historical figures and other great achievers of today, I can't help but reflect on my own heritage. Find a comfortable seat and listen to my story, my Black history. We do the joy of learning brings the light to for parents and teachers everywhere. Let's show our children how much we care. Rich experience I bring to you. Have you joined to share your passion too? Oh, it's the joy of I had an interesting conversation with a new colleague recently that gave me a new revelation. As I interacted with African Americans over the years, I have noticed several differences between their perspectives on racial issues and mine and how their history has impacted their lives. While I recognize the differences, we share the common experience of being descendants of enslaved people. I'm still learning and trying to understand the African-American perspective. I spent a considerable amount of time trying to recall if I have ever had a conversation about my blackness while I was living in Jamaica. I could not. I just couldn't think of a time. It wasn't a matter of not recognizing that I am black because it's obvious. It was obvious. It's a given. You see, I come from a country with over 75% of the population being of African descent and where the motto is, out of many, one people. And that motto reflects that all Jamaicans do not fall into that group. The beautiful thing in my view is that most of us simply identify as Jamaican. Some people will say they don't see color, but I disagree. Of course, we notice differences in complexion and ethnicity. However, that doesn't completely define who we are. Please note that the ideas that I share in this episode are based on my experiences growing up in Jamaica and how these experiences have shaped my perspective. This is obviously not reflective of the experiences of all Jamaicans. However, I believe that it is not unique to me. Black History Month is not something that was always recognized when I was growing up. And I really can't recall exactly when I first became aware of its celebration. It has been said that if America sneezes, Jamaica catches a cold. So I am not surprised that the recognition of Black History Month has gradually emerged over time. Educators in Jamaica capitalize upon the opportunity to highlight Black historical figures and events. 
I remember associating February with the airing of movies related to slavery. I can still see them showing on JBC later TVJ. Alex Haley's Roots, The Color Purple and Shaka Zulu come to mind. And I remember wishing that the focus would have been different. There has been some debate over whether Jamaica needs to celebrate Black History Month, especially since people of African descent comprise the majority of the population. February is also recognized as Reggae Month in Jamaica, and that focus seems to be more happily embraced. Regardless of these differing opinions, I think we can all agree that it is important to reflect on our history, always strive to learn from it, and advocate to safeguard the future for all people. As Jamaica's first national hero, the Right Honorable Marcus Garvey stated, and I quote here, a people without the knowledge of their history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Growing up in Jamaica, I wasn't raised to feel less than because of the color of my skin. Heritage Week in October was something that my schoolmates and I looked forward to. Preparations would begin weeks earlier, and there were week-long celebrations in schools and across the island. It provided an annual opportunity for us to experience civic pride as we participated in various celebrations and activities. Our national heroes, Paul Bogle, Alexander Bustamante, Marcus Mosiah Garvey, George William Gordon, Norman Washington Manley, Samuel Sharp, and the lone heroine, Nanny of the Maroons, were highlighted. Their images are prominently placed on the Jamaican currency, and they are commonly found on murals in schools and communities. Being from Montego Bay, St. James, we focused a lot on Sam Sharp. He was our national hero. He was the main instigator of the 1831 Slave Rebellion and played an instrumental role in the abolition of slavery. I still remember his famous quote because we had to reenact scenes from his day and I remember us quoting, I'd rather die on yonder gallows than live in slavery. The poems, skits, songs, costumes, food, music, and other aspects of our culture evoked excitement and a sense of pride for being the descendants of these brave heroes. The conversation that I referenced earlier was an eye-opener and helped me to have a renewed appreciation for experiences and culture. After sharing some of my experiences, my colleague noted the difference in the mentality and sense of self for a people who fought bravely for freedom versus the experience of African-Americans who were also enslaved. His observation was profound. While reflecting on this conversation and also Black History Month in the United States, I couldn't help but contemplate the events of the summer of 2020 and the injustices that many African-Americans face even today. Living in this country has forcefully brought my attention to the privilege that I enjoyed growing up in a country where people of African descent are not the minority. I realize that I still carry that sense of self with me and it continues to impact how I respond to social issues how I relate to others, and how I respond and advocate. I will admit that my lens for racism is not the same as others in my community that look like me. 
I must make it clear that growing up Jamaican had its own challenges and disparities in our societal structure. Classism was more of an issue in my upbringing, and these structures have racial connections. I must also admit that this is an area in which the societal divide is evident. The Emancipation Declaration for Enslaved People in Jamaica, a British colony, was read on August 1, 1834, and the country later declared its independence on August 6, 1962. Both dates are now commemorated as public holidays every year. Coming out of slavery and eventually moving into the realm of emancipation, the descendants of Europeans were landowners, and they were the ones who held prominent positions in society. There have been positive, notable shifts over the years, and it is refreshing to see Black Jamaicans now holding notable positions in government and other important sectors of society. By the time I was growing up in post-independent Jamaica, I didn't feel bound by those societal constructs. When I entered a space, I didn't feel like the color of my skin was what solely determined people's expectations. Many of us were raised to believe that education would open opportunities, and it did. Confidence and resilience seemed to be second nature and a part of the fiber of being Jamaican. This 4,244 square mile island profoundly embodies the fact that we're little but with Talawa, and so are its people. This expression means that we are small but determined, strong and refuse to be confined or constrained because of our size. That is the foundation of my Black history. Raising three Black boys in America presents a different focus from the one that I had growing up in Jamaica. Although removed from the country of their heritage, they are still exposed to the values and ideals of our people. When they end up in situations where they are the, let me quote this one, this is a reference from my firstborn who attends a predominantly white institution. So when they're in this, these situations where they are the pepper in the salt shaker, they can utilize the same determined spirit demonstrated by their ancestors to rise against the odds. I remember a poem that I learned from a colleague when we taught grade one in Jamaica. We would teach it to the children every year and it was music to my ears event to eventually hear them recite it from memory. I wish I knew who wrote it, but I can still hear the children expressively echoing each line after I said it. I look in the mirror and what do I see? I see, I see a beautiful me. My eyes, my ears, my nose and mouth. Good gracious, gracious, gracious me. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful me. Ah, that was such a wonderful memory. As students, we would stand at attention with our right hand on our chest to proudly recite the National Pledge. Before God and all mankind, I pledge the love and loyalty of my heart, the wisdom and courage of my mind, the strength and vigor of my body in the service of my fellow citizens. I promise to stand up for justice, brotherhood and peace, to work diligently and creatively, to think generously and honestly, so that Jamaica may, under God, increase in beauty, 
fellowship and prosperity and play her part in advancing the welfare of the whole human race. I still see that sense of pride, strength, and courage in Usain Bolt on the track, poet and radio personality Muta Baruka, Miss World 1993 and politician Lisa Hanna, Grace Jones on the catwalk or on the big screen, reggae sensations Shaggy and Buja Banton performing on stage, Portia Simpson Miller, the island's first female prime minister, and the list could go on and on. I cherish the impact of the determination of our African ancestors many generations later and consider it a privilege to be directly connected to that heritage. I came across a poem written by Ferdinand Boyd that further highlights the history of one group of Jamaicans, the Maroons. While I'm not a Maroon, I acknowledge the legacy of Jamaica's only national heroine, Nanny of the Maroons. The Maroon community is a group of enslaved Africans and their descendants who escaped from enslavement to find freedom in the mountainous, remote terrain away from the plantations. Jamaica has several Maroon settlements that maintain a certain amount of autonomy and are governed by elected chiefs who hold the title of colonel. I remember visiting a compound town in the parish of St. Elizabeth on a school trip. It was an interesting educational experience. Recently, I noticed that the newly elected Akompong Colonel Richard Curry has been causing quite a stir on social media, with some referring to him as the Jamaican Black Panther. Take a moment to do some research about this group of people if you want to find out more. Here is Ferdinand Boyd's tribute to the fearless leader of the Windward Maroons, who settled on the eastern side of the island. Nanny of the Maroons. A strong and able woman, born in Ghana of the Ashanti tribe, transported to Jamaica as a slave and lived and died in Nanny Town, high in the hills of Portland, where indigenous flowers bloom. A woman who came not to be served, but to serve and serve selflessly all the time during her time. A woman without fear, fighting a guerrilla warfare in the hilly terrain, come rain, come shine, as the mist fly under cloudy sky. A maroon who outwitted the British, morning, noon, and night, putting them in a plight, leading to their eventual fight, and she was right. A woman with a burning desire to succeed setting the place on fire, killing the enemy with all her might and slipping out of sight like a shadow in the night. She was brave and bold, always in control, impacting the nation with her heart and soul. A woman with a natural sheen, nature's queen in scene after scene. Nanny of the Maroons, visionary leader, mind reader and lay preacher. A phenomenal woman, a woman sublime, one of a kind, boggling the mind. A woman before her time, a natural heroine, or only heroine, Nanny of the Maroons. My Black history does not fit perfectly into the African-American experience, 
but I don't mind reflecting on my culture and heritage and my ancestral heroes. Sometimes I wish we didn't have these ethnic groupings, yet I respect and understand why we must recognize and celebrate the achievements and the role that these prominent people played in history. This year, I encourage all people of African descent to take some time to learn about your history, not just through the lens of slavery. What qualities of greatness did your ancestors possess and how did they show up in the world even amidst hardships? I also encourage people from other ethnicities to educate yourselves because we all have ready access to information. Marcus Garvey said, If you have no confidence in self, you are twice defeated in the race of life. Some of our ancestors were defeated. Others fought for their freedom. I refuse to be twice defeated, so I am choosing to walk in the confidence of those who paved the way for me to have the opportunities that I enjoy. That is just a small part of my black history. I love the skin that I wear. But whenever I'm asked about how I identify, my default response is Jamaican. Until the next episode, walk good and one love. For the joy of learning, subscribe to the teacher's strike.